The return of Kevin Durant versus LeBron James in Los Angeles on Thursday night. A great show, despite the Phoenix Suns being without two of their three-star players. On today's episode of Locked On Suns, we'll break down the fourth quarter moment when things turned and why the role players look a little off. Let's go. You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And I'm your host, Brendan Clean, a credentialed media member covering the Suns for the past seven seasons, a writer at suns.com and the host of the Just Basketball Show, wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for making this show, Locked On Suns, your first listen to close out your week. Maybe you're catching it very late on Thursday. Otherwise, happy Friday. We are one day closer to the home opener, and the NBA season is here for all of us hoops nerds. So thank you for spending your morning right here. Hit follow or subscribe if you haven't already. We're free and available everywhere. Become an everyday or get locked onto the Phoenix Suns right along with me Monday through Friday every single week for the rest of the season. That is Aaron Edwards. He is a writer over at FanBuzz and the Friday show host on this here program. We have a lot to get to. The 195 loss by the Phoenix Suns to the Los Angeles Lakers. We'll start with the moment of the game at the beginning of the fourth quarter in just a moment. Today's episode brought to you by Dave. Download Dave today at dave.com slash LockedOnNBA. You can get up to $500 straight in your pocket in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. We'll talk about them later on in the show. Aaron, Let's go to the fourth quarter. Uh, I hate to boil some of these games down to always the last few minutes, but in this case, it was pretty neck and neck the whole way. You just look quarter by quarter. One team was way ahead, and it just kind of balanced out that way until the Lakers made their push. And I think the beginning of that fourth quarter, the Lakers started out 8-0, and that happened with Davis and LeBron on the court and Kevin Durant off the court, a bunch of turnovers by the Suns, not a lot of plan or real structure on offense. And the Suns had a chance late, don't get me wrong, but if they have a different rotation or the guys that were on the court are able to just get the job done a little bit, I think the Suns, uh, it's maybe a one-possession game in their favor by the end. Yeah, um, you could kind of went – I mean, I know we're going to – we're in the fourth, but in the third, when KD played yep. so much, you kind of knew that he was going to have to play the rest of the fourth. And LeBron came in late into the third, I think. And so mm-hmm. you kind of knew that that was going to be the lineup. And I think I like said out loud, I was like, we're going to have to do a bunch of bench dudes versus LeBron yep. and AD soon. And it kind of looked exactly how you would imagine. Like we just went cold. It was We've seen this before, though. It was the book sitting the beginning of the second kind of thing back in the day. So we kind of knew what that was going to look like already. But it's a bunch of bench dudes and more bench dudes. (laughs) Like it's third stringers, like having to kind of hold on for dear life instead of like just your sixth and seventh man. So I think that was kind of more of the bigger thing was we kind of knew that they were going to have to hold on and try to get some like decent buckets while KD sat and that's kind of what it came down to was his legs were gone (laughs) like he tried and you can tell he was still asking for the ball and trying to get a bucket but at the end of the day his legs were pretty much shot 
we'll talk more about the guys that couldn't get that job done um, as we go. But uh, there was a lot of chatter online about the, I, I, don't, I don't understand. People seem to just hate the idea of Durant at center. Like, I thought it was just in my YouTube comments, so I kind of just ignored it. I'm not going to, like, respond to, you know, three people every once in a while who post something on the bottom of a video. But I even saw it today when it actually happened because of Nurkic's foul trouble. It happened for about two and a half minutes. Durant played center um, against a pretty big Lakers lineup. I believe that was when Wood... James yeah. and uh, Davis were all out there. It feels weird calling LeBron James. I feel like I'm Mike Breen. He's <laughs> the only one who does that. Uh, um, and the Lakers scored two points in two minutes. The Suns scored zero points. I don't personally feel like that changed the game all that much, but uh, I popped into the PHNX show and like they were talking about it. Did that bother you? Did you feel like that was a turning point? I saw people saying it tired Durant out. I guess I could get that, but I don't think it made that big of a difference in the game. I mean, he was getting to, like, the the high post with Cam Reddish a lot easier, and I think that that was just kind of – they were landing on him. It's bigger people. I think that was kind of, like, maybe a little bit of, of it because nobody else could get a shot. And at the same time, KD was kind of making some bad decisions on passes. So, like, yeah. it was a couple of people in the corner that he missed um, on, like, that pass to Nurk and the stretch and, like, stuff like that. I think just being more confident and – in some of these lineups, I'm sure like he hasn't played with a lot of these lineups at practice even. So I think it's just like one of those trust things that, yeah, he was tired and yeah, like they kind of went a little bigger, but he kind of just missed some people. Yeah. You had the, uh, was that the turnover on the Nasir little pass? Potentially there was the one that Eric Gordon, uh, coughed up and then the two man game where, Nurkic thought that Durant was cutting and then I think that's the last play before Nurkic checked out so yeah to me it was just a little bit of running out of gas for Durant I think Wood actually just one-on-one did a decent job on him and I thought if anybody was even able to make shots let alone create anything this game looks a lot different not just in that stretch but but overall but um on the Lakers side, I think a lot of the attention is getting paid to every night it's how did Anthony Davis play, but also in this case, LeBron actually busting through the minutes limit that we thought he had, which was like 32 or so, and playing the whole fourth. What were your thoughts on the Suns' defense on those guys, and was it just that they were waiting this thing out and that was always coming, or... Do you actually feel like the Suns did something to keep them in check? Because you look up at the box score now, and it's like they combined for 51, 20, and 11. But I thought they I thought they were kept in check pretty well, and then it doesn't actually feel that way now. Yeah, I think when you make shots, you can get into your half-court stuff, and you just don't want LeBron and AD running downhill. Like We were making them miss and getting in transition, and we were hitting shots, and you can get in your half-court stuff. And we already know like the Lakers' half-court stuff is a lot more difficult because their shooting is a little rough. So I think just when we were missing so many shots that they just got to go out and run and in, in any team, like if you can just make your shots and then get into a half court defense, it's a little harder on the Lakers. And I think that's mostly what it was. They got to run in the fourth and they were running like most of the fourth. So I think that was the bigger problem. Even in the first, when we came out high and then that lead kind of went away, it was because we were missing shots and they gotten out in transition 
and LeBron was kind of just taking over from there. Yeah, the Lakers had 16 uh, fast break points, 29 points off of 24 Suns turnovers. We can look at the Lakers were able to run. They turned their offense into a transition possession on a quarter of their overall possessions offensively. That That is an uh, amazingly high number. That should not be happening. And obviously a lot of that was just the Suns straight up giving them the ball. So, yeah. Yeah, to me that that was a lot of it, and I think if if again you just get a couple more makes, a couple more steady possessions, especially in that fourth quarter, especially early in that fourth quarter, but really all the way down the stretch, um, I think this game looks different, and it might be a you know three, four, five point win for Phoenix. Um, I know big picture though, real quick, you've been looking forward to the Durant-LeBron matchups uh, for a while. This was the first time since Christmas 2018 that these guys played one another in a non-preseason game, and I feel like they got up for this one. I think it brought the best out of them, and they were obviously embracing after the game, joking around and whatnot during the game. Uh, Just as a basketball fan, what was this this night like kind of for you? It's just really good seeing them on the court. They obviously can't do the head-to-head, like, I guard you, you guard me thing anymore. And I respect that they weren't going to give us that. They're like, no, (laughs) we can't. And you don't want us to do it. Like, just let us do this how it's supposed to happen. And I like that they were just getting buckets their way. And it doesn't have to be, like, this big mega head-to-head thing anymore. It's just they were hooping in within the offense even and just going off. They don't have to, like, guard each other and – go face-to-face and all that maybe in bigger games LeBron will probably do it for a game a series or something but I think Mm -hmm. that they put on a show and you can tell like KD was playing a lot of minutes already like I don't think he had to play that entire third or that much of the third I think he wanted to because he wanted to put on a show and they both did yeah I, I think so I mean you just look at how Durant was able to handle the double teams and the physicality. I, I I think the Lakers played him pretty similarly to what the Warriors tried to do, but he was a little more decisive, got to the basket at least around the paint a little bit more, and that's just a matter of I want this one. You know, at 35, yeah. it's going to be which games do you want to do that, which games do you not want to, and you yeah. can win when Booker's going crazy against the Warriors. In this one, it's like, all right, am I going to just lose by 20 tonight or am I going to do a little bit more and <laughs> – you know, rise to the occasion, and and he has that. Of course he has that, so we got to see a little bit of it. Uh, in that fourth quarter, until there was eight seconds left in the game, the Suns only scored 11 points total. That eight-second mark, Jordan Goodwin made a layup. That was the only other Sun to score in the fourth quarter. <laughs> KD scored nine of the 11. So let's switch over, talk about the other guys a little bit more in-depth as we get to our main takeaway from this 195 loss by the Phoenix Suns. First... Today's show brought to you by Dave. At one time or another, we all need a little financial help. That's why Dave is great. Dave can get you cash when you need a hand between paychecks and can help you build credit by settling extra cash advances on time. Dave is the banking app that's leveling the financial playing field. When you download Dave, you could get up to $500 in five minutes less or less. No credit check, no late fees. It's part of Dave's extra cash account. Advance the money you need with no interest then settle up later. Extra cash gives you more money to buy groceries, fill your tank up, and more. You can even build credit when you do settle. 
Millions of people have downloaded the Dave app to make their finances a little easier. So if you're in a pinch, get the help you need by downloading Dave. Download Dave today at dave.com slash locked on NBA. That's dave.com slash locked on NBA. $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. Download the Dave app or go to dave.com slash locked on NBA for terms and conditions. Go to dave.com slash legal eligibility criteria and instant transfer fees apply. Banking service provided by Evolve member FDIC. All right, coming back, let's dive a little deeper, Aaron, into the role players because a lot of attention the past two games, even when Booker did play on Tuesdays, is being devoted to Eric Gordon and Grayson Allen, who both ended up starting in this one and just haven't been efficient, just haven't made their shots, especially from deep. I believe that they were like 2 of 15 or something on Tuesday and tonight 4 of 12 combined. And just don't look comfortable either, in my opinion. So we do our big takeaway, key takeaway in the second segment here. That was mine. What were your thoughts on those two guys in particular? And then we can kind of rip through some of the others. I mean, at times they looked like they were comfortable within the offense and attacking and making decisions like in the first half. And then the second half, EG just fell apart. (laughs) And he couldn't get off of screens. Like he couldn't get around screens. Like he couldn't like fight off like the hard press like he just couldn't get space <laughs> and Nurk was trying to set screens and get him the space to like get downhill and he just couldn't he just couldn't get space like he was in the first half he was getting to the lane he was getting fouled he was he had a the booker green light apparently so he was kind of jacking him up but mm-hmm. yeah i think the air gordon part is like more of a tougher part grayson's gonna get over shots he's just gonna have to hit those at some point like that's the most like the the important thing with him like he pumps, he can get downhill, and he still seems pretty comfortable with decision making. But he just has to make make his open shots. He's getting them, and he's gonna get them all season. Yeah, I mean, with him, like I think you're right about the decision making side of things. With with Grayson, it's like he's not this destructive, uh, ruining your team type of player because he he's not gonna take a lot of bad shots, just like you know, pull up mid rangers or early clock stuff or. You know, he, he plays like a vet, and so it's yeah. it's only going to be so bad. But I thought tonight especially, like, he just – he doesn't really have that that in-between game. And so he got blocked by Davis, I want to say twice. I, but I guess Davis only had three blocks, so I probably two of them weren't on Grayson Allen. I know one of them was for sure. It just felt like he got to the basket without a plan. And zero turnovers, four assists, like, you know, again, it's – I'm not going to sit here and rip him, but he just hasn't looked comfortable. And I think defensively, too, he, you know, D'Angelo Russell had a decent night. And I think Grayson was guarding him for a lot of that. And just allowing guys to get downhill, not really staying attached. It just, it seems like he's kind of overthinking and a little bit uncomfortable. Um, on Gordon, yeah, I mean, I just, I think he's a guy at, you know, in his at his age where it's like, let him play in open space off of other players, and I think you're going to get exactly what you want. But we saw this when Kawhi went down in the playoffs last year, right? He looked yeah. awesome playing off Kawhi, and then all of a sudden it's like, all right, the ball's in your hands, and he's, you know, he looks inefficient and kind of ups, uh, comes and goes game to game, and that that's kind of what we're seeing now. I mean, he's chucking them, like you said, because he kind of has to. But yeah, I just I I think in nothing I've seen is like you know Gordon's legs are shot or Grayson just doesn't yeah. fit or anything like that I think once once they're backups again it's going to look a lot nicer 
Yeah, I just think they're going to have the space that they need. Like, they're being guarded by starters. They're playing against starters. They're doing that. I think, like, once you have either Booker or Beal on the floor and the spacing is different, like, I think that's just going to – I mean, I know with KD, it's still pretty nice having him on the floor, but Booker and Beal, they're going to get downhill. They're going to get to the rim. And I think having dudes that can do that consistently – KD doesn't want to do that consistently. He's, he's 35. He can't do that consistently. I think just mm-hmm. having the space – when somebody is on the floor that can get downhill, it's going to give them way more confidence and space to actually do what they were actually brought here for. <laughs> because right now they weren't bought to yeah. be the starters and playing 35 minutes. Yeah. it's it, it, Like even today I was kind of sitting there and I'm like, have I been wrong about this? Cause I've been the guy that's kind of like, if it's, if it's early offense, if it's transition, just like whoever gets the ball should just have the green light. And I'm like, they kind of have that right now. Am I, am I, you know, incorrect? And we'll get to something like that in the last segment about, you know, kind of who should be handling the ball and whatever. And then I, I was just watching and I'm like, well, no, because if it's two times a game, when it, when these guys get that opportunity, it's going to look a lot better because it's actually going to keep the, you know, defense off balance and be a surprise or, you know, have yeah. the benefit of those other dudes spacing. And in this case, it's like, just barreling into the the lane without much really uh, structure or anything like we've said. One guy who did not struggle with confidence or comfort or anything was Jordan Goodwin, who we are quickly learning is is going to take all the shots that I think are there for him, uh, which I didn't realize he was this kind of aggressive personally. He took five threes. At least one of them was off the dribble. He made it. I think he took a couple others like that. He's getting to the floater. He's just... He is, uh, he's more than happy to fill that void. I don't know how many nights he's going to have to do it, Aaron, but um, I don't hate it. I mean, you, you kind of want that mentality from a young guy who wants to fight for a roster spot. Some of these other dudes don't have that right now. Yeah, I think having to do that, I mean, we've had dudes that come off, that came off the bench. I mean, like, good campaign. When campaign were to come in and it was that one stretch during the playoffs where you're like, all right, like, Cam's hot. I think that's, like, nice having a dude that confident, but he can he can mix it up. He can get downhill. He's a big body, and he he believes in, in himself a lot. <laughs> and I think having a dude like that, like we haven't really had like dogs on the bench before. And I think just having a dude like that, just coming in and being confident and being physical on defense too. I think just that's just a nice person to have in general. Like I think once, obviously, once we get our real lineup set and all that. We're going to see him a lot less, but just having that in your back pocket, if Vogel just wants to be have a disruptor to go out there and just make a mess out of things, Jordan Goodwin will go out there and do it for him. So we've talked about all the, these smaller guys now. Um, I thought the Suns, we started to see a little bit of the Frank Vogel impact defensively when the big lineups were out there, I thought, where you saw, well, Nasir Little got kind of a, he got a nice steal off of a little more of a chaotic play. You saw Durant get a deflection on a help situation, especially when Davis was ISOing. You could see the plan, which was to send help from the corner, have the guy guarding the wing spacer into the paint to cut off the passing lane back to that corner, and then basically just to clog and make all the passes through traffic and not give him a driving lane and just basically force him to be like a way better passer than he is or try to draw a foul. I kind of thought they should just try to close that way because 
if nobody's really making shots role player wise and you know you're facing a big team that has scorers who are you know forward slash like bigs basically then might as well match it um do you think we should have seen that or is that like overthinking one night because obviously stick with the starting lineup as the closing lineup like it's game two i get the logic there but i just thought this was a game that everybody was playing to win. Everybody was coaching to win. You have guys playing 39 minutes. Why not miss, miss, uh, mix it up, mess around, and see what happens? Yeah, I mean, yeah, there was, like, one play where he sent Yuta from, like, the weak side, like, far <laughs> to double uh, Anthony Davis, and he spun the other way and got fouled. But I think, like, he was mixing it up as best he could on defense. I think it was just kind of one of those body situations. Like, Yuta, he had, like, some fun parts, but – he can't really get the spacing that you need him to get when there's no real guards out there. So I think like that was kind of, he was just working with what he had and AD was just getting the switches that he wanted. Like he got switched on to Gordon once he got, he was, they were in transition. So it was just picking up the man that's running at you. And when the Lakers are in transition, your defense is going to get scrambled up and you won't be able to send the doubles that you want because you have a guard on the dude that's getting the ball in the first place. So I think it was just the transition stuff that kind of ruined his defensive plan in the first place because we couldn't make shots. And with this, the plan of getting this team is this team's going to make shots so you won't be in transition all the time. And we were just missing so many shots that you you were picking up the man that was running at you. And if it's a guard on Anthony Davis, you're kind of screwed at that point. No, and I think your point on somebody like you to being out there offensively, what he's good at is minimize when you don't have somebody to feed him that way. And so many of the possessions, even when the offense did make a shot, which was mostly Durant, like it was very slow and methodical because that's kind of what it needs to be for him. So uh, and especially without those initiators out there. So yeah, maybe, maybe that, that makes sense. I mean, obviously you could pick nits and say Eubanks, but is LeBron really hesitating because it's Eubanks versus Nurkic? No. So, yeah, I mean, I, I guess the offense was the problem is probably the most simplistic way to put it. And so I think, again, to reiterate the main takeaway tonight, it's the role players are overmatched when they're put in situations like this. And so maybe that's a little bit too to just say, don't panic. But Speaking of panic, we know there will be some who do, and we're going to unveil uh, the newest Segment 3 recap bit on Locked on Suns next. First, today's show brought to you by Jace Medical. There can be a ton of uncertainty out there in the big wide world, and Jace Medical is a personalized emergency medication kit with five essential antibiotics not only to treat things that may happen to you unexpectedly but also to have the peace of mind with those life-saving antibiotics so that if something does happen that makes you unable to leave and go get it it's already there for you jace medical offers customizability for that jace case with dozens of add-on medications that fit you and your family's needs they're continually working to expand the offerings of what they do have and you can also Take advantage of their gift cards, which they just added as well. If you'd like to deliver these antibiotics and medications to somebody that you know, maybe who already wouldn't be able to get it for themselves and have that mailed right to their door, maybe an out-of-state relative, an out-of-state loved one, go to jacemedical.com, enter the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout, 
for a $20 discount on your order. It is a first aid kit for antibiotics. Who wouldn't benefit? Promo code locked on at Jace Medical, J A S E Medical.com. Today's show also brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks has come in and they have fixed daily fantasy sports. You have your unit of six up to six picks, and you are picking more or less than Prize Picks player projection and that can be across all sports it's not you versus an opponent it's not you versus a league it's not even you versus a pool it is just you versus those projections they offer quick withdrawals easy gameplay an enormous selection of players and stat types making prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app they also offer weekly promotions like taco tuesday where they give you a 25 percent discount to provide even more value. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA. Use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That's locked on NBA at checkout or go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA directly. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, let's close it out, Aaron. Um, the new wonderful last segment bit that we're going to go back to every, well, not every game. Many times this year, because the Suns are certain to be talked about on the national scale in a way that they even weren't in like the past couple of years, is going to be called the Phoenix Suns pre-take. And it's not directly a first take thing, but it we could just call it that. Basically, <laughs> what in the morning are Suns fans going to wake up and hear the national talking heads saying about this team that's going to bother them, frustrate them, make them scream, but have maybe a little truth to it? So I'll present you the first one today, which is, you can see it on the Chiron, that orange and black first take, just wonderful, beautiful graphic will say, do the Phoenix Suns need a point guard? 16 assists tonight, 20 turnovers. It was similarly ugly until the very end of Tuesday's win in Golden State. And it was already the easy thing to pull on about this team before any of this. And they're going to ignore that the guys have been injured. They're going to ignore that it's game two. And they're just going to bring this up. Just ask Clippers fans. They've been saying it about their team for five years. So if I present that pre-take to you, Aaron, what, what is your response? Do you buy it? Do you not buy it? How right am I that they're going to be talking about that? Where Where's your head at? Um, I mean, yeah, maybe, but... Who's going to lose the playing time? Like, where is the playing time going to go? Is my, like, yes, we might need a point guard. Who doesn't play now? That's my point. So, yes, maybe we do. But I think us figuring each other out and figuring out how to play together and getting meshed matters more than a point guard. I think they'll figure that part out later. If we do need a point guard, I just don't know where they would play anyway. So, yeah, maybe maybe they'll say that, but... I just don't know where the minutes are going to go. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about probably playing even smaller than they already are. Yeah. I think uh, part of why I wanted to bring this one up, though, is if I were, uh, you know, Suns faithful, maybe JJ has our back here, I don't know, um, and I was on first take, I would just immediately turn it into more fuel for the Devin Booker MVP candidacy. Well, he's their point guard, and look what happens on Tuesday when you have him, and now look what happens on Thursday when you don't. They should hire me as a producer because I think that that's like that's what it's going to be, right? Because I think it, it might actually end up feeding the other narrative about the Suns, which is that Booker is 
just taking that leap. And that was what you heard after Tuesday's game. So yeah. uh, we'll see what happens. But I think uh, when he's out there, that problem goes away. Yeah, I think that when you have two, I mean, pretty, we had two ball handling guards out there, but they just aren't Beal and Devin Booker. And Booker is a willing point guard now. Eric Gordon, he's a shooting guard through and through. Like He was passing the ball, but he wasn't like passing the ball and setting up and doing that. And Grayson, like he just doesn't look comfortable enough to initiate the offense like that. So yeah, like they are guards technically, but they were just two shooting guards out there. I think having Book and Beal being a willing passer, that'll fix everything. We also do box score oddity on these and uh, we can close there. I think I, on Tuesday, brought up Yusuf Nurkic vibe check, which can replace uh, the bench mob vibe check from previous years because it's it's already proving to be somewhat of a roller coaster with Yusuf Nurkic. But the yeah. box score stat, or the it's not really in the box score, but the stat that I want to point to is the Lakers took 42% of their shots tonight at the basket, uh, which is in the 93rd percentile among all the logged games on cleaning the glass. They have the little number next to it that shows you like, context-wise, is this good or bad? And I will give everybody the hint that allowing your opponent to shoot almost half their shots at the basket is bad, and they made 80% of them almost. So to me, that's just as important as the five fouls for Nurkic. And then you have LeBron just carving him up late. We don't have to do the should they have played somebody else part of this, but I just think this is kind of the the bad side of having Nurkic on this team. Aaron is like, there's going to be nights like this where teams get downhill and you're kind of cooked and there's not really a pivot unless you just want to go small or try something crazy. Yeah, I mean, the scenario, like, you don't want Nurk closing games. And I think even when we made that trade, we're like, there's no way Nurk's playing fourth quarters, though. But he's had to because Vogel doesn't want to go KD at the five with Goodwin and uh, Grayson Allen and Gordon. That's not what the plan is for. I think that's a wasting KD at the five, if anything. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. he still has to go big. Even when teams go small and he has a very – tough defensive center out there like I think he's still like he has to wait to do the stuff that he really wants to do because having KD play the five with a bunch of bench dudes just wasn't the plan and I think doing it now would just be pointless and in we we aren't gonna have time to constantly be talking about these guys if they're not producing because that ends up meaning that they're not relevant to the game very much but Nasir Little looked outside of the one steal I mentioned, didn't really impact the game, missed two threes, really, really front-rimmed one of them, um, and Kata Bates-Diop's not in this rotation. If you're going to play small at any point with Durant at the five, it's going to involve at least one of those guys, if not both of them, plus a Kogi and you know Durant, and, or Booker and Beal obviously being part of that too. It's going to be that yeah. group, and which five are you picking? It's not going to be the small guys like you said, so... Um, yeah, it's just the, the reality of the situation right now. But again, if they do a little bit of the other stuff differently, they're still in a position to win it. I want to just briefly say to Chemezi Metu, I saw some chatter about him. Is it him? He's not a center. So if Kevin Durant is on the court with Chemezi Metu, Kevin Durant is doing the center stuff, not Chemezi Metu. Just like, I don't know why people think that that man is, uh, like some sort of Draymond Green out there. It's not what he is. So 
if he's just sort of a weak side rim protector help guy too. He's basically the Nasir Little in that lineup. Um, yeah. He's not going to be the guy that solves that problem. So, you know, unless you're going to convince me Bull Bull's going to come out there or, you know, the two-way guy or anything else, like they're kind of stuck with, is it Nurkic or Eubanks? Yeah. <laughs> and I think Eubanks just had a rough game today, but I think having a more athletic dude, obviously, is it makes more sense once he like gets his feet under him. But once again, they're playing with lineups that they didn't expect to play with. Yeah. You're the biggest Eubanks fan here. I think in, in all of Phoenix, did you, uh, did you have anything to do with those, that tampering, the second round pick situation? Were you on the calls? <laughs> I feel like you've been, you've been his champion. I'm wondering if you maybe set that meeting up or, you know, got some under the table money from Mr. Ishbia to make all that happen. You think I need to convince James Jones to ruin a draft pick that he doesn't want to use? I think James Jones is going to do that on his own. <laughs> Save some scouting money, you know, just have a reason to not keep making all these damn trades that his owner's trying to make him make. Yeah, it, maybe maybe it was the long game there. Maybe that was on purpose. They leaked the text themselves to the league. Yeah. They're like, here, check these out. We we talked to Drew uh, June 28th. Don't tell anybody. And then, you <laughs> James know, Jones it, is it like, I don't have to watch March Madness anymore. I, I love this. <laughs> he wasn't going to watch like, a single college game anyway, but now he's happy he doesn't have to. It's <laughs> like, have you seen the golf courses in Phoenix during March? Like, I'm not trying to go to Indianapolis or some random place. I would like to stay here, watch my team, and, you know, Denver can forfeit its pick, and we won't have one of any, uh, of our own. Yeah, I think that's what happened. But, yeah, we'll see. I thought Eubanks had some decent moments overall, but Davis just physically is such a force that – yeah. It's a it's a hard one, but all right. That will wrap us up. We have much more between these two teams, and obviously in Suns Land to talk about. We won't overreact to one loss. We'll see if these guys play Saturday. We'll have a reaction to the home opener against the Jazz on Sunday evening into Monday for you guys, and then two games against Victor Wembanyama and the Spurs next week. So hit follow or subscribe if you have not already. Get all that content. An announcement coming next week on some more Locked on Suns-related content headed your way, too. So be on the lookout for that, and we'll catch you guys next week.